Hi, and welcome to the Vancouver Life Podcast. This podcast is created to answer the most talked about questions when it comes to navigating the Vancouver real estate market. I'm your host, Dan Wartell, a licensed agent and accredited real estate investment advisor based here in Vancouver, and I'm joined by my co-host, Ryan Dash. Hi, Dan. I'm also a local realtor, an exhausted father of two, husband of one, and really happy to be here. Let's get right into today's episode. Hi, and welcome back to the Vancouver Life Real Estate Channel. We have created a five-part mortgage series with our colleague and friend, Mikhail Ferreira from the Bank of Montreal. In this series, he answers the most asked questions when it comes to financing real estate. The topics include how and when to finance a pre-sale condo, your options when it comes to down payments on a home, how and how much equity you can access within an existing property, the best ways to finance investment properties, and lastly, how to purchase real estate within a corporation, especially good episode for my realtors and other business owners who operate as an incorporated business. Our guest, Mikhail, has been with the Bank of Montreal for over 15 years now and consistently finances more real estate than any other mortgage specialist within that organization across all of Canada. Safe to say he knows what he's talking about and has some incredibly valuable information to share with you. The five-part series launches on Thursday, February the 23rd and new releases will come out every Thursday at 3 p.m. They're quick 10-minute episodes that get right to the topic at hand. Be sure to check them all out as I found them incredibly informative and know that you will too. All right, let's get into today's episode. Welcome to this week's edition of our mortgage series with Mikhail Ferreira from the Bank of Montreal. Today, we are discussing how people who have incorporated businesses can apply for mortgages. Because of course, as we largely know, if you have an incorporation, you will often pay yourself personally quite a bit less. Shout out to all my prec realtors out there, for example. Um, So I've got a personally vested interest in this episode, of course, uh, as that is my personal setup too. Uh, But as always, Mikhail, thank you for joining us today. Thanks guys, good to be back. (laughs) For sure. So I guess right off the top, let's start with an easy one. how many or what percentage of clients that come to yourself and BMO have this type of situation where they're incorporated, um, but they pay themselves maybe dividends or whatnot, yeah. but a very little amount because of, hey, taxation? Yeah. So actually, for, for me, uh, I, I do a lot of these. Actually, it's, it's what I specialize in. It's it's my my favorite thing to do because there's a lot of misunderstanding out there and, and you, you know what others misunderstand. I, I love understanding. So um, the, you know, the common thing is you have this company, right? It's just the entity, right? That where all of your gross income gets rolled into, your deductions come out, then, you know, you got your dividends and then, you know, your net income. And oftentimes people who pay themselves very little personally because the idea is always the same. You want to save on the personal tax, which I get. And it's funny though, every single time that I see these situations, I get the same explanation. But you know, I did this to save personal tax. I'm like, I I understand. (laughs) No, nobody enjoys paying tax and and I get it. And and lenders for the large part, you know, in the past, I was like, well, you can't have your cake and eat it too. You don't get to save tax and then also, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, qualify for that million dollar mortgage. Well, that may not be the case, right? Um, there is uh, lots of opportunities to look at this and, and, and in different ways, but there is things you should know, right? So, you know, the first thing that we look at when we're trying to look at, a, a you know, qualifying someone for their business, right, um, is what do they do? 
You know, what is, how long have they been doing it? What kind of businesses? We want to really understand, right? So, you know, the most common one that I see is a lot of, you know, doctors, dentists, professionals, uh, and obviously realtors, uh, you know, where there's either commission-based or, you know, there's a sales-driven, uh, um, you know, incentive, incentive right? And, uh, you know, if it's easy enough to understand and explain, you know, the numbers on the financial speak for themselves. So the first thing you can do, okay, have your taxes up to date. Okay. Very, very, very important. And if you can avoid it, try not to buy a place in February or March. <laughs> and, and just, just because it's tax time and it's mm-hmm. always, we got this whole year behind us that we're trying to figure out. So, um, you know, there's definitely things we can do for that, but generally speaking, if you have your, let's, let's say your mid-year, mm-hmm. right? I'll explain after about what you do if you're in this time. But your mid-year, you got your your taxes completed personally. You got your business financials. Great. So what we're going to do is first, you know, I usually team up with someone at at our commercial banking division and we we look through the financial statements and we say, okay, well, you know, looking at the business, what's the strength of the company, right? What's the strength of the entity, right? And if everything is said and done at the bottom, your net income is 200 grand, right? You've paid yourself maybe, you know, 50, 60,000 personally. Well, we can look at that net income and add that back to your personal income as a, it's called a what if scenario and help you qualify for that bigger mortgage. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I love hearing that because it's shocking to me working with a lot of investor clients in similar situations who say my bank will not look at my incorporated income yeah. when I'm trying to buy this property personally. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it makes no sense. This person, it's the same person. It's the same <laughs> revenue. They have access to both. Yeah. How could you not understand how stable, for example, you know, that person's income and, and financial position is? Mm-hmm. Especially if they own 100% of it. Well, th- this, this is the thing. There, there's some preferences that we look at, right? And, and you know, we want to make sure that the net income is consistent, right? Because it's you, you can't have one year where your net income, after every thing is 50,000 and then the next year is 500 and you're expecting to use 500. No, mm-hmm. of course not. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're, if you're averaging two, 300,000, you know, per year and it's very consistent, we're, we're proving consistency there. Uh, then we can bring that into the conversation. The other part is of course, we'd like to see you be a hundred percent owner of that company. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a big piece, right? Because if we're going to say, well, you have the ability to draw out X amount from the company as personal income, mm-hmm. you kind of need to be controlling that company in right. its entirety. Absolutely. You know, and, and when there's partners and other companies there's additional discussions there it is doable it's just less likely as long as you're the majority shareholder or something exactly yeah Yeah. and and even then it becomes tricky right Mm -hmm. because you know your your ability to draw out as much income or as little income as you need if there's people involved is not your 100% decision I mean ultimately at the end of the day if the entity makes 200,000 and you own 60% of it you're not drawing on the 200,000 exactly yeah Yeah. Yeah. so where we see it it, it, you know, maximized is for, you know, realtors and, and, you know, doctors, dentists, professionals, people who are hundred percent owner. And essentially, you know, the work, the, the, the entity is just an in-between, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's not necessarily a company, but it's, uh, you know, you're, you're just driving your income through there. So if I, because I've often heard of a lot of entrepreneurs having to refile their taxes to mm-hmm. show a different income yeah. in order to get the mortgage that they need. Mm-hmm. So there is, are there additional tax implications here that they need to be aware of? So 
Oddly, no. Uh, you know, you do your taxes as you normally do, right? It's just for us, we're looking at the company's financial statements, huh. and that's where we're deriving the income from. Interesting. Right? So it's pretty straightforward. It, it absolutely is. Yeah. And, and and the other thing you can do yourself a favor is, okay, if, if we're going to say you're going to draw out that you have you know two hundred thousand dollars net income in the company, and you're going to draw one hundred fifty of that to help support your personal debt servicing, it's great to have that money in a business account in some form. Right, so it's either in a in a business savings invested in a, in a GIC whatever, but it's good to have that money there because what we're drawing there is look, there's consistent net income in the company, there's cash in the business they could take out tomorrow as that income, mm. and that will help us drive that uh, approval further. Mm. You know, I've had situations where you know we've used thirty percent of the net income, and I've had situations where we've used most of it mm. um and where we drive it the hardest is you know it's mostly with people that are buying these high value properties usually high earners right so would there be like a major discrepancy if say you paid yourself 50 or sixty thousand, and your company is making five or six hundred thousand mm-hmm. um are you gonna get a call from the tax man if you're starting to really I guess that's not really your your area of expertise. <laughs> I shouldn't put you in that position, but ultimately, I guess I'm wondering what what what's my exposure yeah. to this? Like, what what's my downside, and is there some? So right? so this isn't a this isn't a tax thing. Like this this is what you've already done, right? right? This is post that, yeah. And and this is more of a lender thing. And what we're doing here is we're just basically you know using the information you already have and using it to help. Uh, get get you a higher approval. Right. This does not involve, uh, you know. Or yeah. Anything. No. 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 Because mm-hmm. ultimately, we have the information that you've already compiled and, cool. and provided to CRA. Right. Cool. It's just that majority of people are going to minimize the amount that they take from their corporations all the time. It's incredible that this exists, and yet it's so unknown. And <laughs> and, and you know it's it's it it's. it's not known for a lot of reasons. I, I think it just depends who you're talking to. Mm. Right. And, you know, like I say, this is a specialty of mine. I love doing it. Um, you know, I didn't just figure this out overnight. It took me, you know, several years to figure out how best to put this together. And these other tips I'm giving you about, you know, making sure that you have consistency, you have the balance in the business, you're hundred percent owner. These are things that I know get me to where I need to be right. from an approval standpoint. Right. right. Gotcha. Are there times when you will look at uh, somebody's corporate structure and actually advise that they buy it within a corp? Yeah. So great question because uh, there's a misconception that you cannot buy personal property under a corporation. You can, and you can do it under a holding company. Mm. It has to be non-operating and you have to be a hundred percent owner of that company. Mm. But what that allows you is to move money between your corporate and your hold co, right? Yeah. And by doing so, you know, most of the time it's for investment purpose, right? Um, but yeah, as long as you, you could open a brand new holding company, Buy a property under there, uh, you as the personal guarantee, but still involve all of the your money. corporate structure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, a, again, a, a common thing that I do. Hmm. Yeah. Great to know. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I'm kind of mind blown right now. I mean, <laughs> I knew, I knew there were benefits, but at the end of the day, I didn't realize it was quite to that advantage. Do you work with people's tax advisors during this process? Yeah. So when you have a more complex tax structure where you have corporations and, you know, I, I've done things where I actually need to have a organizational chart where there's that many companies involved because we understand the flow of all the money. Of course, right. Yeah. Um, I like talking to the accountants directly, mm-hmm. you know, just, Put me in touch with your accountant. 
I'll get your taxes, your financials, and and if there's questions I have, hey, you know, I saw money move from here to there. You know, what's, what's is this operating? What's the flow, etc. Again, that all helps me when I'm putting my application together, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, having a, a a good accountant that's able to and and, and you know wanting to communicate uh, with your lender is is so important. Yeah, it, it can it can be the difference of, you know, I've seen situations where. A company sustained a massive loss for whatever reason, and usually it's a tax play. That means all the net income is gone, mm. but the company's still actually operating in similar fashion. It was like a one-off, where now they're like in a massive deficit. Well, I just go to the accountant. Okay, well, can you explain that? Let me understand that. I want to, you know, write it all out. Okay, I will then go and provide that to my underwriter. Right. And okay, well, it's an isolated incident. We can move past it. And here's why. And here's why. Right. Yeah. So, you know, having your lender, your accountant, like a lot of the, the, the people that ha- that are really going out there and maximizing their lending, buying properties that are, you know, uh, good value and, and making moves, we're all involved. You know, I'm talking to the accountant, realtor, lawyer. It, it, it's a true team thing, yeah, you know, and, and that's where it becomes less about, you know, shopping for that little bit of a 5% discount or whatever it is, you know, just, and and more about the, you know, the whole plan. Are you, are you lending? Are you getting more on your lending? Are you getting 80% financing on that $3 million home? Mm. And I can guarantee you the majority of people can't do that. Mm -hmm. How can I versus other people? Well, again, there's always things we do and look at and and it requires a lot of experience and a lot of hard work, but you, you know, by having all these pieces in play, it makes you as strong as possible. So good. So good. Yeah. And I really appreciate you kind of mentioning having that strong team, you know, and this is definitely something that comes up all the time with the investment side of things as well. Work with a mortgage specialist who understands rental properties, work with a realtor who understands rental properties, have a lawyer who, well, that's the best case. Yeah, exactly. Right. So by building a team of people who truly understand what you're looking to do, because yeah. they've done it themselves, mm. you're really setting yourself up for success, right? Because 100%. they're not going, well, what is this? <laughs> you know, yeah. they're, they're true advisors because they're specialists. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, uh, there's, there's misconceptions out between brokers and banks. And, and the reality is, look, you know, I'm a mortgage specialist and I work for a bank. Uh, I'm 24 seven, 365. And I, you know, I don't follow the same kind of, uh, Oh, you know, your bank, this does, this doesn't do that. You know, I, I believe that the person who is doing your deal is, is is more important than where they're from and what they do. There's, I don't think there's a massive benefit with working with a broker. I don't think there's a massive benefit with working a bank. I, I ultimately think it's the individual. So, you know, that's an important piece to put out there because, you know, you could line up 10 mortgage brokers, 10 mortgage specialists, give them one and, and like You'll everyone will try and figure out. Scenarios. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but one of those, you know, or two of those actually make the most sense. Right. So important to know that. Yeah, I completely agree. Very well said. Okay. Well, for anybody out there with a corp looking to maybe make some moves with their real estate portfolio or primary residence, how do they get a hold of you? Yeah. So you can give me a call, shoot me an email or find me on Instagram. Perfect. We'll include all those details in the comments below. Reach out to Mikhail. He is a true professional and we can both be testaments to that. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks as always for being here. That wraps up this edition of the Vancouver Life Podcast. For more information on this podcast and to access a ton of free downloads, investment opportunities, current market info, and homes for sale, you can find it all at www.thevancouverlife.com. Thanks, and we look forward to bringing you more podcasts about Vancouver real estate.